0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to Ramble with Intense. This is your host, Lisa Sabon-Smith, and I am so excited to welcome Katie Darcy to the podcast. Today, Katie's going to talk, talk to us about nervous system regulation, taking that integrative approach so that you can thrive in your health, in your body, and be able to move forward advocating for all of the potential that you have in your life and in your future, Speaking of advocating, did you know that on my website, you can get a free ebook talking all about advocacy at its very basic level? Head on over to sabon.com. That's S-Z-A-B-O-N.com. And you can get that free ebook, or you could go and connect with me by visiting my services page and we can get working on your own advocacy strategy so that you can move forward in whatever realm it is that you're working on, but having that confidence and courage to step forward for the best possible future that you can ask for. And without further ado, let's ramble. All right, today on Ramble with Intent, I would love to welcome Katie Darcy to the podcast, and we're going to ramble about how we can get our nervous system regulated, learn more about that, and be able to really integrate all of those components into our life so that we can move forward and thrive rather than just merely survive, which I feel like we've kind of all been
1: stuck in for a length of time now. So welcome to the podcast, Katie. Hi, Lisa. It's so lovely to be here. I'm so excited to dive into conversation with you today.
0: Super excited to have you here, too. And this is round two of us trying to connect. <laughs> <laughs> the first round was a whole lot of super choppy, uh, really bad internet connections. So I'm thankful and hopeful that the internet continues to work today. And otherwise, we'll just go for round three if we need to. But so far, so good. So, Katie. Katie. Tell me about yourself. Tell me what brought you into this world of of really focusing on helping people understand their nervous systems and how to regulate them and then everything else in between, of course.
1: Absolutely. So this vision realistically started at as young of an age as nine, believe it or not. So as a young girl, I went through the school system and really saw myself in that role, meaning an educator and to bring about positive change, to evolve the existing education system, to really dive into that sense of experiential learning, empowerment and autonomy Mm -hmm. and really leading our lives with curiosity. And so from there, I dove into the world of education. And in as short as five years time, I knew right off the hop that I would need to pivot in order to bring this vision of mine and fully embody my gifts, skills and talents to impact the world impact the community and the people to the degree that I've seen myself always doing realistically since the age of nine, like I said. So Mm -hmm. that's where it all started. And yeah, my heart truly lies within the world of health and for us to ultimately become 1% better daily Mm -hmm. and really acknowledging the internal reflection of our unique journeys Mm -hmm. is what creates that expansion to be in that growth mindset and to always learn and enjoy the process. And I find that when you dive into your passion of becoming 1% better, Mm -hmm. you naturally ripple out and inspire others to do the same too. And simply having these interesting conversations with others who are along their unique path towards expansion. And that's what it's all about. So it's been a very magical journey that started at the age of nine. And then once I was unplugged from what I was once doing, teaching, I experienced a whole nother level of health, wealth, and yeah, health, wealth, and ultimately like just freedom. Yeah, I, I can never go back to what I once was doing because I feel on a whole nother level, more aligned. with my mind, body and brain and who I am. That's amazing. So um,
0: as a nine-year-old, what were you doing as a nine-year-old that intrinsically felt right for you in the name of that health and wellness journey that you've now
1: been on? Absolutely. I'd say being in the school system and I mean, everyone has, if they were to reflect on their childhood, I would say 90% of the population is traumatized whether they're aware of it or not. <laughs> and I didn't have the best high school and elementary school uh, career or experience as a student. And that's where I, I kind of started this journey is like, there's a there's a better way out there there's a better way for more people more children to experience a quality and well-enjoyed upbringing Mm -hmm. and from those hardships that I experienced from uh not necessarily fitting in with the pack and feeling like a lone wolf as well as (laughs) <laughs> I like to call it the report card syndrome. This is one of uh Bob Proctor's terms. So we developed this report card syndrome where we dictate our actions based on our results that we got on a on a on a sheet, whether that be your financial report as an adult or report card as a child. Yeah. And it completely amplifies or destroys one's self image. Mm -hmm. So that really hurtled me for a long time in my life, I would say the first quarter century, so up to 25 years old, I was dictating my actions based on the marks that I got as an elementary student. And I really uncovered, believe it or not, through the journey and like diving deeper into my psyche, that I pursued the role as a traditional teacher to prove my intelligence Ah, to get that social acceptance. Yep. And we see it all the time. (laughs) 100%. So that's where it all started. And, you know, life happens, we're all human. And yeah. it's a matter of taking that autonomy back, taking our power back mm-hmm. in order to thrive when times get tough, because times will inevitably get tough. Mm-hmm. The only difference I find between those, um, what would I say, those who are slower moving in the process versus those who would be typically deemed thriving mm-hmm. is the matter of how we perceive the situation we're going through and how we deal with it Mm -hmm. to respond instead of react, Mm -hmm. to be in victor instead of victim. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, I mean, my perspective
0: and my experiences in my life has also a little bit, let's start again. My lived experiences has also shown that being in victor is not always where you want to be either. Because it's, mm. it's, it's a sense of dominance, right? You're dominating over an experience rather than going through that experience. Now there's times where, yes, we want to be victorious of our lives and how we're dictating, how we're spending it, where we're moving, how we view our finances, the perception of the reality around us and so forth. But uh, we don't want to be victors over top of other people either.
1: 110. So as I mentioned at the beginning, that when we step into the driver's seat of our own lives and really focus staying in our lane. So it's not a competition against anyone really, but our past self. Mm -hmm. So, and I find that through that experience, like I said, you inspire others. Mm -hmm. So I'd say totally honoring what you just mentioned there, Lisa, that it's important to find balance and harmony between yeah. feeling to heal while also moving forward and leaning into that discomfort to be in that state of victory mm-hmm. but staying humble about it
0: yes yes as long as you're as long as you're uh in victory over yourself then you're in self-mastery and that's yes. really where we're headed to so when it comes to what you do now with people how do you work with people to get into that
1: you know it it really starts once again with curiosity yeah. and knowing that realistically we are all the same at our essence we all have a mind we all have a body we all have a brain some of us simply have been disconnected based on what has happened to us throughout the years of our life so we can when we are able to when i connect with my clients To build that level of trust and safety, we're able to dive deeper into their psyche. We can really unearth the environmental and genetic conditioning, Mm -hmm. weed it out, what is no longer serving you, what is serving you that you would like to keep in that toolbox or in that garden of your mind. And then you get that space, that sense of calm to intentionally cultivate the seeds of your desires. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I find within these containers, the the big transformative piece to all of this is the accountability. Accountability is the glue to commitment. That is what my business mentor always drills into my mind. And it is true when we have that sense of community Mm -hmm. and the sense of belonging, because that is one of our innate needs. So the belonging, the safety, we are able to be proactive in our lives and move forward at a much quicker rate.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you say sense of belonging. And it's interesting because it seems like we're, I don't know, I'm going through, maybe it's an awareness piece. It's a little journey, I don't know, but where it's like, okay, help me understand how creating all these little boxes and pockets within society that individuals get to live into based on, you know, labels, identifications, um, skill sets, whatever, how is that actually creating more belonging? Because to me, it, it, I'm viewing it and it might be totally off my marker. So I'm in this like deep explorative journey now. Um, but to me, it's actually a segregation process, and it's it's taking people out of that larger, broader community and putting them on islands instead of putting them into that, if you will, continent where everybody's there.
1: Can you clarify more of this? So you you believe that this online world is no, creating in general, like there's,
0: um, I'll. I'll in, in a sense, there's one realm and the most, I mean, the best example right now would be the, the pronoun transgender type world, right? Yeah, I get it. The need to be recognized, the need to be respected, the need to try and feel like you have a sense of place in the world. Yet the incredibly hard fight of ensuring that like hundreds of years of old lexicons are changed in an immediate moment without that collaborative relationship on like this is where we're headed to we understand this is difficult for you right now or we're, we're having to change a lot of old habits and and, and being i guess respectful and really being uh, a little bit of a better transition the ideal sense of the world now is creating in essence these different pockets of segmented, segmented segregated groups that are all like fighting for something but not realizing that in the end we all want the same thing
1: yes yes <laughs> so this is a very heated topic yes <laughs> Um, I totally agree with you in that sense, you know, there's a, a lot, a lot going on in our world these days and I have taken a step back. I'm, I'm well aware of a lot of the things that are going on, but I ask myself, I always return back and say, is this serving who I am and who I am becoming mm-hmm. and whether I take a stand or not, is it going to ripple out in a positive manner? Yeah. And I feel conversing within regards to these things uh, and creating that vibratory field outside of myself, it hasn't been a benefit to me and who who I represent, mm-hmm. what I represent. So I 110% hear what you're saying and I agree that, you know, it's creating a segregated population, global population and everyone wants to be front row center and my thought matters and totally validated mm-hmm. totally validated yep. but the the way that we're approaching things these days is alarming to me very alarming yeah and, and you know um, i 100% like what's happened
0: for me is it's more so is the curiosity or the need to understand is heightened and so that's That's truly where that piece comes from is like, like I said, I'm I'm on a journey now (laughs) trying to better understand, because if I better understand, then I can have a better respect for as well moving forward, which for me, Mm -hmm. respect is vital. And so that is where that's an alignment for me. And definitely, I mean... It's a tough conversation. It's a conversation that people either choose to dive right into or steer clear of. And its I think it's uh, either way you have to do what is best for you within the direction that you're choosing to go for. As as you just said, right? Is it the direction that I'm wanting to head? No, not right now. So we we step outside of the zone for that one.
1: Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think that the way things are moving and the direction in which it's heading is due to lack of education and awareness and mm-hmm. ignorance. Where there's ignorance, there's a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we simply need to start educating and having these open, respectable conversations yes. where two different opinions can come together and reflect and shift our perspective. Yes, because it's all about perception. We can be looking at the exact same thing from two different sides. Totally. And neither one of us are right or wrong.
0: Yeah. Or it's even like the uh, the pictures from like the 90s where it was just this blur of stuff, and there's an image hidden in there. Some people can yeah. pick it out right away. Other people can't see it forever. Exactly, it's the same thing, right? You can look at it from the exact same angle, but you're going to perceive it differently unless you are able to sit down and have that conversation and discuss. And this could be any topic, right? This could be about whether the sky is in fact blue or not. But as long as you can have an open collaborative dialogue to be able to discuss back and forth, you're getting nowhere.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, so drawing back... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say cancel culture. It's so big nowadays,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. And I hate using, I'm such a like, you mentioned Lone Wolf at the beginning and (laughs) I'm such a like anti anything. If it's trendy, I'm against it. And I don't know why (laughs) I've always been that way. Like even to the point where as a kid, when like wearing Club Monaco sweatshirts was the thing. And then everybody was wearing Club Monaco sweatshirts. I was like, no, I don't. I'm not wearing it. And nothing branded. I'm not going to be a walking billboard for other people. Like. I'm going to be different, probably was a lone wolf by choice, not realizing it, but that's just the way it is. But So when it comes to uh, conversation, conversation with self or conversation within your own community, in the name of your um, integrative approach, how do you work with your clients or even your own life in that aspect?
1: So how do I work with that? You know, this... (laughs) I intuitively knew that this was going to be asked today. I was like (laughs) literally thinking about this response without actually knowing the question prior to actually meeting with you. So anyway, I think that this all relates to, have you heard of prosodic sound? Explain it. I feel like I have, but please educate me. So prosodic sound would be any sort of auditory vibration Mm. that would be within your environment that soothes your nervous system. So the way we talk to animals, the way we talk to kids, Mm. it's soothing. Okay. And it is known that natural sounds such as wind, ocean waves are determined or defined as prosodic. Okay. So that's why it's very good to go on nature walks because it calms our nervous system. Yeah. So I, I believe that this all ties back into prosodic sound because for both myself and my clients, I educate and share the wealth of knowledge that our voice is a prosodic sound to our subconscious mind. So, okay. therefore, if we can engage in recording our voice with a vision that we have, a dream that we have, a goal, and reading out our affirmations, recording it, listening to it, say in our morning and evening routines,
0: mm-hmm. we're
1: impressing on our subconscious mind while simultaneously calming our nervous system to get into a deeper state of receptivity therefore firing and sorry rewiring firing and rewiring our neural pathways and that's how you connect your mind your subconscious mind to your brain through your neural pathways and then into the body to impact your thought feeling and there then in turn your action and then action causes reaction in your outside environment So I guide my clients through that process and it's a daily investment and it all ties into prosodic sound.
0: That's super cool. Wind is not soothing in Alberta. (laughs) (laughs) It is draining. (laughs) Oh, well. So that explains why like oftentimes too, we enjoy going to the beach, hearing the waves even like the tropical breezes off of the ocean, all of those things kind of play in. It's probably why we're all drawn there. Also the heat, but for the, for the part of that is is that sound aspect. Now, how do you deal with your clients who are like, I hate the sound of my voice. Hey.
1: Um, well, you know, I bring all of my clients through guided meditation processes at the beginning of our sessions. Okay. And if my voice is resonant with them, I'm always happy to provide recordings Ah, okay, and they can start with that. And then I also invite them in specific, uh, practices that are available, say on YouTube or Spotify. And then when they find a voice that's resonant with them, they can start off with that. And believe it or not, through that process, they will build the confidence to start recording their voice and through trial and error, they'll buy into it because they'll notice a significant difference in which they are able to transmute their vision.
0: Oh, cool. That's crazy. (laughs) Um I've only ever recorded my voice and listened to it while sleeping to try and be able to study a little bit better as a student. And how did that go? I did not sleep a wink. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. Oh no. <laughs> I learned though. <laughs> I learned that that was not the thing for me. But um, so that has more power than, say, reciting your mantras and whatnot in your head as like the quiet voice. You need to say it out loud and you need to hear it back to you.
1: You know what? It's it's not a question of hearing your voice. Yeah. It's a question of feeling. Okay, so it's we like feel it when you say your affirmations, mm-hmm. because nothing will change if there's no emotion that's felt. Okay, we need to feel it on a gut level to see results.
0: That's fair. That makes sense. Because anytime that you're moved or driven to do something or crying at the Tim Hortons Christmas commercials, is because you actually emotionally connected with it instead.
1: 100%, because okay. at the end of the day, our emotions, yeah. our energy in motion. So the energy reflects on a chemical, biological level as those brain chemicals that are being released. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: So without the release of brain chemicals, our body is not going to act or respond whatsoever. Because that ties back to Bob Proctor's teaching that our body is an instrument of the mind. Yeah. So the thinking of the affirmation needs to be reflected into emotion to get that biological, physiological response.
0: Okay. Because then it makes it a... The body, the brain doesn't understand time and space. It just understands that connection. So if there's an emotional connection, then the brain is actually saying this has happened already.
1: Exactly. It cannot differentiate between fact or
0: fiction. All right. So it's a little Joe Dispenza and Bob Proctor combination going on there. There you go. You got it. Awesome. That's cool. I will have to try that. I, yeah, that's awesome. And so, uh, have you, do you find this prosodic sound? It works with everybody.
1: You know what? I would say not necessarily. Okay. Because once again, you can't force this transformation into, into results. Mm -hmm. You really need to enjoy it to be in that state of calm. Yeah, to be in that state of ease. So through my journey, I have so many different tools to get me into that state of calm, and to understand my nervous system. Because everybody's tools are going to work differently, based on their physiological makeup.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's important to explore a number of different tools and find what works best for you. So it's through a trial and error process. Yeah. And I share my experience, my tools that I have readily available and the background education into my practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind
0: of have like it, as a delivery portion, you have that one, two punch, right? You have the experiential, but you also have that teacher training education component of how to deliver successfully deliver that experiential knowledge as well. So you're not, you know, making up and learning. Well, you are making up and learning on the fly because that's just entrepreneurship as a (laughs) whole, but you have a delivery process that you, you understand and you know, works as well. So you're able to implement that to further and, um, I guess probably more at a at a greater advantage uh benefit your clients as well.
1: Yeah, thank you for bringing that to light, Lisa. I do value all of the past seasons I've had in my life because those are foundational pieces yeah. to how I present my material now. And that really enhances my ability to understand my client on the level through which they learn, Mm -hmm. whether it be kinesthetic, visual, or auditory, and then I can enhance and bring those expertise into my practice and tailor it to the client's learning style. Yeah, amazing. And so you do one on
0: one coaching, but you do, uh, you, you mentioned a container as well. So is that like a group
1: coaching concept? The group coaching concept is more so with my affiliate offer. Okay. So yeah, those are with regards to a health and wellness company and really bringing about the top health technology and product. Yeah. And those who are really interested in further embodying a new level of living prosperity and that freedom to develop that impact online Mm -hmm. and providing that technology, then they can affiliate and partner with me and receive that one-on-one mentorship. Oh, amazing. Cool. Yeah.
0: Smart. (laughs) That's great. Um, So give us an example of some of your tools to get you into that state of calm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, one of my big tools that I use religiously, been taking a break for the last week and a half with my congestion Uh, nonetheless is cold exposure I'm a northern girl and I told myself three winters ago that in order for me to thrive in these dark cold conditions I need to be connected to water Mm -hmm. and I was so privileged to be connected to a number of different cold exposure enthusiasts within my local town and we built a community where we're all going out to the lake and cutting holes in the ice and one of us had a trailer with a sound on it so we really made the best out of the winter that first winter and through that process of Being in connection with my community and being connected to health enthusiasts, I learned so much about my nervous system in connection to Mm -hmm. being in that kind of environment. So igniting that, uh, what would I say, that stress response in a controlled environment to increase my uh, distress tolerance. Yeah. So then when I am in an uncontrolled environment and I typically be, ah, (laughs) I'm just like, Oh, this is a familiar feeling. Okay. How do I navigate this? Yeah. So that is able to keep me in a state of calm and to really reproduce the results that I see in my mind's eye. In addition to sleep, Mm -hmm. I love my sleep. Me too. So I really focus on my sleep hygiene and eight hours, like that's a non-negotiable. If I don't sleep eight hours throughout the night, I always set the intention to take a nap.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah, so being connected to water and sunshine, natural light is a big one for me too. Being connected to nature, uh, hiking, all that stuff. And journaling, I journal religiously. So getting that thought, the thoughts out on paper, you're really able to clear the mind and set yourself up for success for the day.
0: Yeah, journaling. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I'm working with my daughter right now on like, okay, because she's not sleeping. And I know she's going through a developmental phase as it is, um, just based on her age and all that fun stuff. And it's like, hey, we need to get into journaling, because then you can just get your thoughts out No one has to read it. You don't have to share it with anyone. If you want to share it, you can. It's entirely up to you. You're in control. But this is where we get everything out of our brain. The good, the bad, the ugly, the am I a bad person for thinking or feeling this? All the excitement, everything. Just put it out on paper and leave it. (laughs) And of course, unfortunately for her, the whole like English arts, language arts realm is not her favorite of school. So getting her to write is the bigger challenge than anything. However, it's amazing the nights that she does journal, she's so proud and she sleeps so well. And it's just trying to get that consistency to get her to understand that we have to get the emotion out in order to have the good sleep because the good sleep sets us up for the next day. And then the emotion actually isn't as high moving into the next day. And and so on goes the cycle, right? And uh, as a kid, I journaled constantly it's like i had a poetry book i had a journal i had sketch stuff but i also was the kid that really enjoyed just being on my own too so it was a lot easier to go to those things whereas i have a very social child so it's a bigger it's a different ball game completely but journaling man i wish more people would do it
1: once you establish the habit and you get like you experience the benefits of it you can't not do it anymore you not, got a new um, baseline, right?
0: Yeah, not at all. Um, Cold exposure. So how long do you stay in your cold water?
1: All right. Before I answer that question, I just wanted to invite you into maybe thinking about a habit tracker for your daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Get those, And then you can put stickers on them with yeah. her every time she journals. And there's a natural dopamine hit. Feels great.
0: <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that. We do it for chores, but we don't do it for those things. So... That would make sense. Thank you very much.
1: Absolutely. So, cold exposure, uh, according to Andrew Huberman, Mm -hmm. he is a professor at Harvard University. He expresses that an accumulation of eleven minutes, not all at once, but over seven days, is the most effective to get all of the benefits.
0: Okay, I like that way better than the like ten minutes in cold water.
1: nightmare. No. You don't need that long. You don't need that long. And it's really important for you to educate yourself to have yeah. this knowledge to effectively do cold exposure. Yeah. Because it can be harmful if you're not educated correctly.
0: Yeah, right? Well, so my background, uh I was a national level athlete and post extreme training day we would be prescribed uh, either 2 minutes in a hot tub 2 minutes in a cold tub 2 min- like 2 minutes off and on hot cold uh, as one of our nervous system resets but then it turned into 10 minutes straight of being in that cold tub and after that, I was like, I am never doing this again. So I sit back and watch like our cold exposure community where they're more on the the Wim Hof side. And I'm like, you guys are you're crazy. I will no, I will not do this. And I get invited constantly. I'm like, Nope, I've put in my time. I'm not freezing my toes ever again. This is not for me. I'm like, I even go as far as saying, I believe in the Chinese medicine practice where heat is where energy flows, not where cold is. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it gets me out of it because they can't argue that one. So,
1: <laughs> you know, the longest I've done midwinter when we chainsawed the ice was eight minutes. Yeah. And then like in the barrel, I've done 15 minutes, but then I I just thought, you know, it's not really benefiting me past that point. So now I said in my mind that I go in the water until I start shivering Mm -hmm. and then I get out and the shivering creates brown fat. Brown fat is good for us Northerners to go outside and be able to regulate our temperatures.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I was in a winter sport. So we definitely did without realizing we were doing cold exposure, whether we liked it or not. Um, it did make winters easier as I get older. Cause I'm a little bit softer. Uh, <laughs> it's not as easy to handle the winter. However, we ski. So that is like our winter survival thing is, is the skiing. And then, um, getting as much of that natural light as possible and i of course for us our house we really go by in terms of going to that like state of calm is using more of that i'll never say this word right but the hoog uh, concept of the swedes and having the natural like candlelight the low dim lights so that mm-hmm. the body isn't constantly on alert or turned on by way of these really bright lights that we seem to be ever surrounded by mhm mhm
1: you know that's huge for me that was like one of so when like my nervous system was completely shot mm-hmm. 3 years ago i couldn't be under fluorescent lights yeah Did you get headaches? Headaches, yes very big headaches. And then it, my nervous system, like I said, was so shot that it was very easy for me to put in that state of distress and have panic attacks. I was having panic attacks up to three times a day. So oh. that was one of the first things I need to remove was the fluorescent lights. Yeah. And since removing myself from it, I haven't exposed myself drastically other than when I go into grocery stores.
0: Yeah. Places you can't control it. I found probably roughly three three and a half years ago, the same thing. I mean, all of us, we were probably all so dysregulated at that time. Um, the fluorescent lights, especially in grocery stores, it was headaches and my ears would instantly start ringing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy how the body's just like, something's wrong. The body knows
1: the body knows the body keeps score.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that it does. And it will let you know if you don't pay attention, that's for sure. Um, so you,
1: how long ago was it that you were a teacher I'm trying to figure out timeline a little bit? So I graduated from university in 2015. Okay. Sorry, not 2015, 2017. Okay. And since then I had been teaching full time. Okay. And then I went on leave, I leave with absence at October, 2021. Yeah. Okay. And then I officially resigned a week ago. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you.
0: I feel like you've set yourself up where that world is, it's not even a question anymore for you.
1: No, it, you know, it was a a tough going. It was a lot of reflection. It took me two years to make that empowered decision. And now I know 110% that I made it from my heart center. And I, like I said, I've experienced a new level of health, wealth, peace, freedom yeah. that I will never return. I'll never return it back to anybody. That's mine now. <laughs> yes.
0: Right. That's yours and yours to spread outwards. Yes. That health and peace and, and, and balance, truly. Balance. Yes. Yeah. So, A regulated nervous system. Go figure, right? It's not balance. It's not work life balance. It's regulating your nervous system. So then you can handle anything that's thrown at you, no matter what realm you're actually in at that moment in time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then being able to identify probably like, okay, this this uh, stressor can stay here because I'm now going into this area, this playing field of my life, and it doesn't need the stressor brought over to it. I'll come back to it later. To box it or to shelf it. Yeah, to shelf it. There we go. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah perfect. So through that process of choosing, I mean, there was clearly stressors and other impacts that made you make the decision to go on the leave the anxiety attacks um all of those things are huge reasons to go on leave because how can you leave children when you're having a panic attack um i mean short of teaching them what a panic attack looks like <laughs> <laughs> sorry um bad humor sometimes but through that process how did you really go deep into your heart to know that you made that decision based off of your heart and not an emotional response
1: somatics ah, somatics return like so, so somatic for anyone who's heard this word for the first time today is really that body movement integration Mm -hmm. and really coming back home, feeling into your body, being able to identify where your trauma stored because trauma is an emotional response that was never processed. So through the last three years, I've done a lot of emotional uh, processing Mm -hmm. from all of the storage I had that was carrying my armor that I've now taken off. And have, like I said, now experience this level of peace and calm where I I am able to reflect. And when I say an empowered decision, a decision that's centered in my heart, what I'm saying is that I educate myself to weigh out my options. Mm -hmm. I meditate on it. And I reflect on how that feels in my body. Does it feel light? Does it feel heavy? Does it feel exciting? Like I'm able to expand and express another level of myself Mm -hmm. to the world to share with the world? Or or do I feel like I'm contracting and needing to play small?
0: Mm, Okay.
1: Are you a generator by chance for human
0: design? I'm a projector. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Generators are, I'm just learning this, is like all about feeling the body as you described right there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So, you know what, what I'm hearing is we need to dance more.
1: 110 dancing is the best. That is yes. something I've integrated into my daily, weekly practices. And it has been one of the greatest catalysts to healing for yeah. me. A hundred, hundred percent.
0: Amazing. Like you think about it, like babies, they're dancing, toddlers, they're dancing. And it's like, okay, it might be to music, but sometimes they're dancing to nothing at all. And it's just them moving through life and processing the information that's coming their way. So why as adults, do we stop doing that? Why have we taken that out of our community and out of our daily practice too? Right.
1: That is so interesting on how you said that, that babies do that whether there's music or not that just goes to show that we innately know yeah. how to process any of the emotions we need to get it moving yeah and throughout the years i think it just comes down to us putting on that armor mm-hmm. and the adversities the challenges that we experience impact our self image Mm-hmm. Where we results in playing small instead of being able to fully freely express ourselves and feel good about it. And I think that's what comes down to somatics and dancing as well. It's not about how we look, it's a matter of feeling it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one thing that I would like to bring into everyone's attention today is that there's something known as horse lips. And that is a complete nervous system reboot. Have you heard of it, Lisa? No. Okay. So I'm just going to give an example right now. So what you would do is you'd inhale. Oh, and loose lips. I have. I've never heard it referred
0: to as horse lips, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a singing practice. It's a singing practice and public speaking as well for loosening everything
1: up, but it's also resetting your limbic system. Exactly. So that is a quick nervous system reset where you can change your vibratory fields Mm -hmm. and get better results. Yeah. Get to that state of calm, parasympathetic.
0: Yeah. So much fun. I have my daughter do that all the time when she's nervous. (laughs) And it's fun, right? So kids can really jump into it. And then half the time she's like, how, how did you get your lips to do that? I'm like, just keep practicing. You'll get it. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) It's fun. So then, you know, I'm going to ask you as a teacher, as a former teacher, what would be the guidance or some practices that you would recommend teachers bring into their daily practice for their students so that them as adults don't have to go through the uh, self-exploration that we all seem to be needing to go through these days?
1: So what should or what would I invite teachers to integrate into their philosophy and practice would be do the damn work. We are the models of the classroom. If you're not integrating that into your daily life, how do you expect a young human to humans feel we all feel and we know on a gut level. So if there's no buy-in from you, there's going to no be no buy-in from your class, from your students and get excited about it. Get curious and learn together with your students. You know, like if you're, if you're someone who's listening to this right now and feeling like, Oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start. I've never journaled before. I've never meditated before. That's okay. It starts with being humble as both you and I named today, Lisa. Yeah. And Sharing that with your class, you know, I'm new to this, but I'm super excited to be getting started. What would you guys like to start doing as a daily practice for us to explore uh, another level of how our bodies operate, another level of how we can learn in a fun, interesting, playful way? Mm hmm. It doesn't even have to be brought up, the word nervous system. It doesn't even have to be brought up, the word meditation. I find that nowadays there's so much negative biasy around that and connotation when people hear that. And do you think a nine-year-old is going to want to meditate? Hell no. No. Hell no. So you integrate it and plant the seeds based on their interests without them not even knowing that they're doing it. Yeah. Yeah,
0: or honestly, you could turn it into it's a magic moment. Right. And the kids can be like, hey, what's the magic?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And then like, so for instance, like the horse lips, a hundred percent, nine-year-olds would love that. Yeah, Um, Something could go along the lines of you could make a game of holding your breath, holding your breath can also be a breath work practice to regulate the nervous system. So, okay. Everyone hold their breath for as long as possible. The first one who peeps, and then you can have a spotter and make it a fun game. Yeah, absolutely. And then everyone at the end, size it out.
0: Yeah. I love that. Cause you know what, those are also really good. Just car travel games too that you could do, you could do with your girlfriends you could do with your kids you could do with your grandparents like age has no bounds for those ones and age should have no bounds for being able to understand how to just bring yourself back and reconnect with your inner self and with your inner knowing and being able to have those tools and practice and work on those tools to just to you know know that whatever the external stressor is you can get through it
1: Uh, Exactly. And I think integrating dance into the classroom is Mm -hmm. really great, too. So I know that there's a lot of YouTube videos and it's become a movement of all these different channels on YouTube with different daily physical activities to integrate into the classroom. And they're great to an extent. But once again, if you're just regurgitating what you see on screen, be like, "Okay, kids, let's do this. And you're sitting there with not doing it. There's going to be no buy-in once again. So one thing I really enjoyed doing with uh, my students was Mm -hmm. I put on some catchy dance music and I play freeze dance with them, or I do a stretching routine in front of the classroom and guide them. And then I'd have three leaders and they could do a stretching move. So once again, giving that ownership and that empowerment to the kids to lead while also you having that buy-in modeling and excitement.
0: Totally. Yeah. Well, and you're also then benefiting yourself as well. So you're impacting not only the lives of the kids that day, but you're impacting your own life as well, because chances are there's stress. You don't even realize you're holding at that moment in the classroom, the workplace, whatever it may be. And so, yeah, giving yourself that opportunity to participate and to just be involved and get that benefit as well is huge. And I I long for the day where it's normalized and accepted. And, you know, even I mean, we talk about um, you go look at China or I think it's uh, Singapore where they have calisthenic classes for their employees at various corporations because they know the benefit of being able to step away recover, get back to balance, and then going back to finish the rest of your work day. And they understand that benefit. And so they implement it and they practice it
1: and everybody
0: practices it.
1: Exactly, exactly. So I think some important questions for all of us adults to ask ourselves are, am I being why am I being so serious or am I being so serious or am I being playful and allowing my inner child to be expressed? Mm-hmm. A lot of us have lost touch with our inner child. We all have these different personas, these different archetypes they talk about in the yoga world, deities. Yeah. And we have to, we are invited. We are encouraged to embody each and every one of them to find that balance and harmonious lifestyle.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you have full permission to just take off the cloak of the one that, you know, is not working for you. Yes. Actually full encouragement, (laughs) full encouragement to take that off and then move forward and find a different cloak that works in your advantage. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is amazing. Do you have anything else you want to add or further express to the listeners?
1: I I really am excited to see what is yet to come.
0: Mm-hmm. I know
1: that this is just the beginning. And there's so many phenomenal changes, evolutions, upgrades that are happening amongst all of humanity, mm-hmm. regardless of where you find yourself in your world or in the world you're going to receive a ripple impact yeah. and when we start to get excited about that and model that to our younger generations there's going to be uh what would i say a more profound transformation there's going to be it's just going to keep happening quicker and quicker and quicker yeah so it's a matter of committing right now for you to embark on your personal discovery your journey of personal discovery and getting your kids involved and getting the younger generations involved and really reflect on, okay, you know, the world is changing inevitably and how can I leave it a better place? How can we bring about these positive solutions? So I think with like the innovations that are coming about, what I feel is happening is there's going to be so many different ways for kids to have access to learning and discovering themselves and to really learn, live in a whole new trajectory outside of the existing systems. Mm -hmm. So yes, traditional school is always going to be a phenomenon. Traditional allopathic medicine is always going to be a phenomenon. They have their benefits, but there is also going to be an evolution and an upcoming of other existing resources and alternatives to enhance Mm -hmm. our lives and our experiences as humans. So I'm excited to be a part of it. And I'm excited to further connect with, you know, global health conscious leaders all around the world. And I want to thank you, Lisa, for hosting me today and diving into conversation. And I look forward to further deepening our connection. Yeah, I agree.
0: And thank you so much. I'm going to ask you two questions before we go.
1: Uh, Sure. What is the number one book you would recommend? Ooh, I, I'm, I'm a bookworm. I love books. The number one book that I would recommend. Well, you know what? The first thing that hit my heart when you an- asked that question was The Body Keeps Score by Bessel van der Kolk. That was my very first book that I read in this journey. And it can be very activating. There's a lot of unearthing that's going to come about in your psyche when you start the raid and re- be able to relate to it on so many different levels so it's going the matter of bringing that into your awareness and de-weeding in order to intentionally plant your desires yeah because the we did the garden that has weeds and the what would i say the virus codes Mm-hmm. is going to be unable to move forward into the desires. Yeah. So I would invite you to start with really being open and yeah, really being open to doing the de-weeding process and having that support system, that community I've traveled, or sorry, I've worked with a number of different healthcare professionals and coaches mm-hmm. to get me to where I'm at. So community is a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Massive. Being able to converse and bounce those ideas,
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um the next one is if you could have dinner with anybody, who would it be?
1: You know what? on my vision board, who would I have dinner with? So one of the biggest thought leaders and catalysts to my journey has been Jay Shetty's work, okay, Life on purpose. he has the podcast, and his true mission is to make wellness go viral, yeah real and, wellness. I'm sorry? Real wellness. Yes, yes. So, and even to hear his journey on him going from corporate into becoming a monk and now leading in the world of health and wellness is absolutely empowering and inspiring and I put on my vision board that I'm going to meet up with him. I'm going to be featured on his podcast oh, and yeah. I really want to just have a conversation with him. I have so many things to ask him, and I feel that him and I would be able to have a deep dive on nervous system education. Amazing. And now it's out
0: there, so I can't wait to listen to that podcast. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. This was wonderful. I've learned so much and I am going to go and learn more about that prosodic sound for sure, because I think innately we know it, but to have a better understanding and use it to our advantage will be so impactful. So thank you very much. My pleasure. And there you have it. Now, if you've listened this long and you are still here, I'm amazed. Thank you so much. Please like and share and do all the things to help get this out here. And I do want to put out a invitation. And I understand I'm hiding at the back of my podcast, but this will become more public as I move forward too, but I want to put out an invitation to be able to host a kind, rational, thoughtful person that is in this transgender uh, topic because I don't understand. Um, maybe, you know, my brain's just not catching up, not keeping up. There are things I totally understand, but then there are things I just 100% don't understand. And I would like to host you on Ramble with Intent with the pure intention to have a very open and collaborative or conversation so that I can learn from you and you can help me have a better understanding so then I can help have a better ability to speak about it, come across more compassionate and maybe help my child move forward in this world that no doubt she will be facing as she moves forward too. So connect with me if you're interested. Again, kind, rational, thoughtful, transgender individual so I can have a better understanding. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm looking for is understanding. All right. Thank you so much. And keep rambling, guys.